If you were a Kobe Bryant fan, it was an emotional night for you last night. The TBS had the Lakers and the Clippers game that was supposed to be played last night uh, on, uh, I'm sorry, on TNT, and they they were both, both teams canceled because they're both L.A. teams, obviously, and the the Kobe Bryant death is just impacting so many people, obviously the players as well. Um, Shaq broke down last night, and I want to begin the program there. This is the Glenn Beck program. So last night, TNT just went onto the the floor of um, of the arena. And there was no game that was played. And they decided just to talk about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, which is kind of a cool thing. As you mentioned, the Clippers and Lakers were supposed to play. The game got canceled. Uh, and they decided to just talk about it. Uh, you know, of course, one of the people on the broadcast is Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaq, uh, it was interesting to hear him talk about it because it's been well known for a very long time that they butted heads a lot, Shaq and Kobe. They were te- teammates, won three straight championships, uh, wound up you know, kind of at each other's throats at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least uh, at least that was the public perception of everything. Uh, so here he is talking about, uh, Shaquille O'Neal talking about uh, Kobe and, and the way we all live our lives. We, uh, we up here, we work a lot. And I think a lot of times we, we, we take stuff for granted. Like, I don't talk to you guys much as I, much as I need to. The fact that uh, we're not going to be able to joke at his Hall of Fame ceremony. We're not going to be able to say, hi, I got five, you got four. The fact that we're not going to be able to say, if we would stay together, we could have got ten. Those are the things that you, you can't get back. And with the loss of my father, my sister, and my thing, that's the only thing I wish I could just say something to him again. Last time I talked to him was when we were here and I asked him to get 50 and he got 60. A lot of time I spoke to him, and I just wish I could have, you know, so it, it definitely changes me. I have to, because I work a lot. You, you, you guys know what I do. I, I, I work probably more than the average guy, but I just really have to now just take time and just call and say, I love you. Rick Fox called, finally called me and said, man, I love you. B. Shaw called me, so. I'm going to try to do a better job of just reaching out and just talking to the people rather than always procrastinating because you never know. Life is too short. I never, I could never imagine nothing like this. I can't relate to Kobe Bryant because I never watched him. I'm not a basketball fan. I'm not a sports fan. And so I, I didn't relate to this at all on Monday. Um, and the closest thing I could come to it is my weird uh, response to Don Imus. Don Imus was a guy that I respected because I listened to him. Long before I knew Don, I listened to him. And he was a, he was a giant. And he was, he was, he was an innovator. The thing I've learned about Kobe Bryant is his relentless dedication to excellence. He wasn't trying to play a good basketball game. He was trying to play a perfect game. 
And in today's world, you don't see that. In today's world, you, you see somebody in sports, from my perspective, you're watching from afar, and you don't really know the... And all you know is, this guy was accused of rape in 2003. But you don't know how he really appeared to completely turn his life around. You don't see his devotion to his family and his daughters. I wanted to play that clip today because I thought it was really important. I'm glad I said all the things I did to Don Imus. I'm glad I said the things I did to my dad. I've been thinking about my Aunt Joanne every day for, I don't know, months, months. And I feel guilty because I haven't called her. And every time I call her, it's like a holiday or something like that. And I literally have been thinking about her every day. And there's that stupid thing. I'll call her tomorrow. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I hate it. And I know that it's wrong. And I've, I've, I've lived this before. And I don't know why. But I just, I got a call. Because I'll live the rest of my life. Should she die, God forbid. And I don't know why we do this, and I don't know why we don't recognize. I guess it's because they're just always there. Yesterday, there was a bright spot in the Twitter world. Can you even say that? Less hellish than usual. But the number one trend last night was hashtag girl dad. And in a world where everyone has said, oh, guys don't matter. Guys don't matter. Men don't matter. Women don't need men. Girl power, girl power, girl power. Yeah, in this environment, I kind of assumed girl dad was just like, girls can be dads too. That's kind of what I, that's <laughs> yeah. where I thought they were going to go with it. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. And it was inspired by Kobe and his daughter and how much he loved his daughter. You know, he was asked recently in an interview, because she was a basketball player, how many times do you go out and practice a week? And he looked at the interviewer kind of like he was from another planet and he laughed and he said every day seven days a week we're out every night we practice every night and when i heard that i thought what do i do every night with my kids i mean i consider myself a pretty good dad i made i made mistakes the first time around big mistakes but i've done 
really hard work to try to turn that around. And I've done it with my younger kids. I love, I love cooking with my daughter Hannah or doing something in art with my daughter Hannah. She is a, she's a brilliant mind. She's, she knows how to write. She knows how to edit. She knows how to um, do design. She really is an amazing cook. And she is also somebody who does her own homework and researches things and then knows what she believes and why she believes it. And I love that. I love just hanging out with her and I don't do it enough. I love just hanging out with my daughter Mary and I don't do it enough. My daughter Mary is one of the spiritual giants in my life. I don't know anybody else who is like this. She has such clarity on things. And sometimes it's hard to get to because she had strokes and so she has a hard time with language. And so it's, it's for a dad, especially now you have four kids. I have four kids. I don't know how to be a good dad and give everyone the time they need Plus, do all of the work. I don't know how to do it. But it takes, there's no such thing as quality time. It's just time. My daughter, Cheyenne. Oh my gosh, she's funny. She's, she's Lucille Ball. She's just this funny, funny girl. And just full of joy. She wants to be an actress. I'm doing everything I can to say no. Um, every night I read her stories about uh, Weinstein. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but <sighs> and there's something different about being a dad of a girl. There is a I don't know it's a it's just a different bond. And I see Kobe. And I see all that he did with his kids. And I see how he, he left the court. And just, he didn't center his life on business. He didn't center his life. He had the luxury of not having to do that. But how many of us are lost in other things? Or we say we're going to do it tomorrow. Or we're just too tired. Life is so precious. And the one thing that maybe somebody like me who's, who didn't grow up looking at sports figures... that you can take from Kobe Bryant is relentless, relentless pursuit of excellence. Not just in his job, but in his family, and especially with his children. 
So what do you take from all of this, Stu? Uh, probably the main thing I would take is that you definitely need to be included in the hashtag girl dad uh, for your loving support of your daughter and reading her Harvey Weinstein stories about her right. her future acting prospects. Right. I just wanted her to know, uh, you know, hey, it's an exciting world of acting. <laughs> <laughs> that is a demented thing to do. I've never um, done that. You have. You obviously admitted it on national yeah, radio. Right. So right. Uh, that's a good thing to warn her up. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it is. It's interesting to see because I think the transformation of Kobe, we were on the air back in the day when, uh, you know, very early years of the show. Yeah, I remember talking about the, what was it, five carat purple diamond? Yeah, right. I remember. Five, yeah. Yeah. I remember talking about going, well, that'll do it. Yeah. You know, uh, after the the sexual assault allegations. And again, he admitted not only, um, you know, having an affair with you know this one woman this one time yeah. again this is his side of it he's you know look it was consensual but in in which is uh always one of the interesting le- i've heard people point out that this is an interesting lesson from the kobe thing as well from back in the day which is you try to talk your way out of what they're saying you're doing and you admit to other things which he admitted to other affairs during his conversations with police which then became public so mm-hmm. it wasn't just the one; it was the several. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he look—he apologized for all that. He re- acknowledged that it was was uh, wrong. He obviously maintains his innocence as far as the assault part of that goes. But still, he, in his own words, was sort of a mess at that point in his life. Um, you know, he had uh, who hasn't been a mess at some point yeah. in their life, and that's what's kind of the cool part about his story, right? I mean, he he really did, uh, by all reports. Turn his life around, turn his marriage around. I love that. Turn his family around, and able to put put it back together into a place where, really, I mean, you know, the, the helicopter thing is such a great um, uh, a little, a little microcosm here of what his life had become. He obviously was incredibly successful, and made all sorts of money. And the way most people, the Elizabeth Warren certainly, would look at someone who's flying a helicopter all around the city, all oh, the environmental cost, and just throwing away money, you have too much. As Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says, you, don't, you never make a million dollars, you only take a million dollars. Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. So crazy. So he worked his ass off for how many years? For, and by the way, from the minute he leaves high school, he's in the, in the NBA, he works incredibly hard throughout that entire period, makes a ton of money. And what does he use it for? He's flying a helicopter back and forth to his kids' basketball games so that he can spend more time with his kid. As he pointed out in an interview uh, a, a couple of years ago, he would take a, um, uh, an, a helicopter to uh, practice and stuff, do all of his, the stuff that he had to do to avoid the traffic, and then take a helicopter back uh, um, afterwards. Um, and after he retired... He would go and um, bring his kids to school, take a helicopter, do all of his work, and then take a helicopter back to pick up his kid from school. And his wife was like, I can pick them up. You can just come back you know, whenever you need to. And he's, no, my, I want to be there every single day to pick them up from school. Like, I, you know, look, that's a basic thing that, that a dad should, would, would love to be able to do. And, and most people don't have the ability because of work and things. That- well, I, will, I will tell you this. Uh, you know, I had a billionaire friend, John Huntsman Sr., um, who recently passed away. And... Um, I asked him one time, when does he had a, he actually had two Gulf streams and he was flying all around the world all the time. And I said, John, at what point does a, a plane, a $55 million plane become reasonable? And he said, oh, never. 
<laughs> and I said, wait, what? And he said, no, it never does. It, it you know, it, reason is get on to a commercial flight. He said, but what you have to, uh, what you have to consider if you have the money is how much is your time away from your family worth? You know, I sit in an airport for three hours and then I wait for a connecting flight for another two hours. How much, how am much money pay, am I willing to mm-hmm. pay to instead be with my children? And if you have the means, most people don't, but if you have the means, that I think is the best way to look at it. I mean, you mm-hmm. could look at, at Kobe Bryant and say, oh, he's showing off. He's got the helicopter. No, he has things he has to do every day for his own business and career and everything else. If his money allows him to take a shortcut and not sit an hour in traffic, instead he can go pick up his kids just like everybody else everybody else does just a different way. I mean, my wife has to pick up the kids and she waits for about 15 minutes and it takes her about 15 minutes to get there and 15 minutes back. I'm sure that's what Kobe had going. You know, where you just land and wait and pick up your kids and 15 minutes flight back. That's normal for most people. And it allows him to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. He didn't steal his money. He earned his money through excellence. Yeah, and and more broadly above Colby here, it's like we've gone from a country that might have been a little too envious of things like this into one that thinks it's evil, that's punishing, that's a bad idea for you to be able to do these things. You're a bad person if you have all this money and, you, and you're able to do these things. It's not about celebrity. It's not about money. As Kobe and everyone around him now knows, it's about relationships. Hey, I want to get into the impeachment, but let me just say, look at this live shot from Los Angeles or this shot from Los Angeles where... Um, you know, the tribute is happening for Kobe Bryant and there's, I mean, there's, you know, a minute of silence around, you know, different communities. They're doing all kinds of stuff. I haven't seen this maybe since Michael Jackson, Elvis, but what sports figure do you recall getting this kind of adulation and ending I mean, I think this might be the first sports figure that I've seen that mm-hmm. has had kind of that pop, you know, king of pop, king of rock and roll, Princess Diana kind of send off or reaction. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, there's two factors there. One, I think, is the tragic death, right? It's not the, yeah. it's not, you know, the old age or disease yeah. or even like it's a tragic sudden. sudden thing where people still sort of, he hadn't disappeared from the public eye, right? right I mean, he right, was still right. around. That's one. I think two is L.A. I mean, you know, uh, was it last year or the year before Roy Halladay, uh, who I know you're a huge fan of, Glenn? Love Roy. Um, uh, died. And Loved him. Now, he was like one of my all-time favorite players. How old uh, was he? Uh, 43, okay. something like that. Um, he was a great pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, later mm-hmm. for the Phillies. One of the, be- one of the most underrated pitchers of all time. Hall of Famer, like unbelievable. But, and he died in a plane crash. And there was like, there was kind of what you would almost expect, right? right. Like ESPN noted it was very sad, and, mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. you know it hit me hard because it was one of my mm-hmm, favorite players. But mm-hmm. you know it wasn't like this. This is L.A. He's a massive superstar, and certainly he's a bigger you know was a bigger right. figure. Uh, so I you know that's that's seemingly it. And he was he was so beloved by L.A. I mean he really was, and of course this is where so much of the media is. So I think uh, you know that's what's 
the outweigh the bigger impact of that you know i mean and it just seemed like a good guy like you got to that point where you really started rooting for him even if you hated him as a player i was not a huge fan of those lakers championship teams uh but he became won people over uh for over a long time and it's that it was shocking so go back to this is this the first kind of i can't think of king one. of rock I mean, and roll you, king of pop kind of Go back sports to like, figure back in the day there was probably like thurman munson right like you'd go back way back and you could find some that, that the guy from the monsters yes the guy from the monsters all right uh <laughs> why would the guy's last name if it was munson be the guy from the monsters it, it, it wasn't based on a real story i don't know there's lots of different reasons yeah no, there's there's been a few of these things i mean the there's but not, i mean i can't think of like anything. black and white days right yeah you're, like yeah you're going like way Lou back Gary pat, and... pat you should be able to anything that you can think of on this level I mean, I'm sure uh, I'm missing something. I mean, like you think of O.J. Simpson, right? In yeah, a totally those, different way. Yeah, yeah, but like that, that was people on the bridge just going, hey, slice another throat. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was know, a weird moment in our history. Weird moment. But I mean, that one was, oh, oh my gosh, this guy who is beloved, superstar in the same level as Kobe. For sure. Uh, who, mm-hmm. you know, his life blew up in, in front of our eyes. Well, he was still kind of, again, in the public eye, doing commercials, you know, doing movies, you know, Kobe just won. What was it? An Oscar or a Grammy? No, yeah, or both. I don't know. Something. He was for. I think he won an, was Oscar, an Oscar and a Grammy. Was it both? I, yeah. so. I know an Oscar was the, for mm-hmm. a short uh-huh. film. Yeah, I mean, he was very much in the public eye still. So that yeah. just shocking end on just some random day that you don't expect it is like incredible. Yeah, I can't think of anybody at this magnitude I, in sports. No, I don't think so. I think it's a first. Yeah, I think it's a first. All right, um, let me so let me switch uh, to uh, people who are not excelling. Uh, for excellence, and that's anybody in Washington D.C., uh, especially those members of Congress and uh, and the Senate. Um, yesterday, the House impeachment trial, uh, the Dem- the Republicans finished their closing arguments. So now we're in this really cool place where anything can happen. It's anything can happen day, where the senators get to now submit questions to both sides and say. You said this. What about this? I have a question about this. Um, they can't speak, which is a blessing. I wish that was a blanket on all of them at all time. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Um, but they can't speak, uh, at least while the quote-unquote court is in, in session. John Roberts reads all the questions. Reads all the questions um, and gives them the answers. But also now comes the time where they decide on additional witnesses. Mitch McConnell said last night he doesn't have the votes to stop new witnesses, which I think is actually a good thing because I think it makes John Bolton's book worthless. Everybody in Simon and Schuster, I'm sure, are like, oh, no, he can't testify. He can't testify because his book will be old news. And what's better mm-hmm. is he will have been, he will have said it. It will have been questioned thoroughly. You know, the 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 uh, Trump lawyers are not going to let him just say those things like CNN would let him say those things. They will ask real tough questions. So it will be questioned the way it should be. And it will be old news. And, and by the way, it will be followed by almost definitely an acquittal. Right. So like you have the the, the charges get brought up. You have an acquittal. It's going to be very easy. Again, this is just it's talking another... pure strategy, but like I'd much rather have him up there. Yeah. Let him get questioned by actual attorneys mm-hmm. that, instead of like you know, that a fawning it. media tour. Correct. And then it, it's over. You have an acquittal. You have an, a, a, an end to the process. Yep. You can all say, look, this was already litigated. Yeah. We, this is, he's already been acquitted on these charges. Right. And then you Doesn't have- Doesn't matter. Yeah, and if he adds anything news. new, then he looks like a liar. Right. I mean, why didn't you say that in court? 
from a purely you know, a strategy mean, standpoint, I would I would want I and, and, and think about it from the opposite side too. If you're a Democrat, let's say they block them, right? You're able to say that's first of all, that's your best. They're blocking. They're blocking all our witnesses. Wait, they don't mm-hmm. even let this guy talk. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. Mm-hmm. Then they weren't looking for truth, right? Then the thing's over, so you get to complain about process the whole time. Yep. Then the book comes out anyway. The story comes out anyway. Then they all get to go on a fawning media tour where every single claim he makes is taken without any questioning. Yep. And it winds up going into the public mm-hmm. anyway. And what's the point of this? They're not looking to get a conviction and removal. They're looking to get political points scored. And yeah. they're going to get a lot more of them with the book later on. So now here's the question. Who do you want? And they say, you know, Chuck Schumer said, there's no negotiation. Really? Because you, you don't have the votes. You don't have the votes to stop negotiation. <laughs> if you get one, I think America would feel it's only right the other side gets one. And I want to hear from really two people. One, the whistleblower, and two, Hunter Biden. But Hunter Biden may actually backfire, not because he doesn't have something to say, but he is such a pathetic, pathetic human in his life right now, where he's just, everybody knows how screwed up he is. They know all of this. Um, But he might be able to pull off some sort of a sympathy thing where it could backfire. The one that really can't, because he's a godlike figure to us now, is the whistleblower. And there's a lot the whistleblower can tell us. Except for the fact is, nobody knows who he is. <laughs> really? No one knows his name. I've yeah. seen really? his name printed. No like, one knows wow. Eric Charmella's name. Nobody. nobody. Yeah. Nobody knows it's that. really nobody. weird that Eric Charmella has been so, mm-hmm. you know, ambiguous, so, yeah, so invisible, uh-huh. so out there yet not. I wish we knew Eric Charmella's name. Too. But we don't. We don't. We don't. <laughs> That's sad. That's sad. Wasn't it printed? It was not re- redacted in forms and released by these committees. Uh, it was in the Mueller report. Uh, but I mean, we know, we know who he is. Who he is. <laughs> I don't see how it could be. <laughs> we know who he is. And there's mm-hmm. a reason that uh, uh, Adam Schiff said at the beginning, we have to hear from him. We have to hear from him. And then once it was realized, oh, crap, we can knit him together on a hundred different things. Then he didn't even know who it was. I don't, I've never even met him. <laughs> I don't even know. Guy. I, don't I don't know, know who, who he is. is. So, Amazing. So, so who do you want? I think I'd rather have the whistleblower as well. Because, I mean, Me too. it's hard to, it's going to be hard to get anything uh, worse out of Hunter Biden. Like, you can get him to answer some questions, but the people's perception, even on the left, Basically, their argument is, well, Biden wasn't trying to help him, but yeah, he was a dirtbag. Like, that's that's the left's argument on him. Uh, so what are you going to get out of him? Everyone kind of knows he was corrupt. Everyone kind of knows he has massive problems. And he may very well. I mean, he's an educated guy. Uh, he's done media interviews before where he hasn't looked terrible. He may come off better than the actual perception of Hunter Biden at this point. Still, though, um, you're putting him I under still would like Again, like from a person who yeah. wants the truth perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want to know the truth, I, so I want him up there because I want these questions asked. But from I, I a strategic mean, perspective, it may be better to go the other way. See, I want both because, one, the whistleblower will, will tie in the State Department, the intelligence community, and the whole corruption of Adam Schiff. I mean, that will— It's huge. It, yeah, if he will testify truthfully under oath, which I'm not sure he will. I'm sure he won't. Yeah, Most but, <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, you can make a very strong case on all of the stuff that we have made. I mean, it's, a, it's an open and shut case. The, the, the documents prove 
who this whistleblower is and what axe he has to grind. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see not just Hunter, but Joe, middle-class Joe. On Lunchbox Joe? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and put under oath, both of those guys put under oath, not to mention, I think I'd call Adam Schiff and find out what he knew and when he knew it and if, whether or not he worked with Eric Sharamella well, isn't to that concoct it, this thing. Isn't that interesting? Or the aides, at least the aides of Adam Schiff, right? Like who yep. supposedly yep. talked to him. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Adam Schiff would then have an opportunity to question himself. Which well, would, yes, that would be weird. Yes, would. Uh, it's weird because, uh, you know, uh, Ken Starr was the one who did the investigation, and he went under oath. Mm. He had to answer questions. Mm. Why, mm. why isn't mm-hmm. this guy having to answer questions? Right. He should. And under oath. So if you're going to lie about it, there's going to be consequences once this comes out. Uh, are there consequences? Are there? Yeah. Are there? <laughs> are there probably any not. consequences? No. Yeah, no, probably no. not. But in I, fantasy land, there are consequences. Yes, yes. In, this in land, the America that we used to have, <laughs> yes, there, yeah, there were some consequences. By the way, on our previous conversation, uh, Dale Earnhardt would, would probably ah, fall for this. Ah, Dale sure. Earnhardt. That's a, that's, that's, yes. Look who's checking Dale their social Earnhardt. media or email. People are calling in. <laughs> they're emailing. They're tweeting. Yeah. Yes. Dale, uh, Dale Earnhardt okay. is one on that level. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not a car. I mean, I'm not a big car guy, but, <sighs> but still. That was huge. That was a huge one. Yeah. I mean, there's been a few of them, but it's pretty rare that you get to this. Yeah, uh, this it level. Is. It really is. Yeah. So that that that's the that's the one I you know that we were able to come up with from the listeners. Okay. Um, w- when do they actually start talking about? They they start to submit questions now, right? Today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. When do they actually vote? Friday. Friday for witnesses. For yeah, witnesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, that can just take as long. We think that could take up to two to three weeks right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it's it's over once the witnesses are done yeah then, it's over then is he guilty or is he convicted or not you wouldn't believe what the mainstream media is if, well yes you would yes you would <laughs> um let me just uh let me just give you this on what uh they're saying what happens next this is this is good what happens next if the senate acquits well trump is unchanged oh. uh, unchained Everything we know about Trump's behavior suggests that he will view acquittal as vindication of his strongman tactics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Foreign Which actors get ready to be asked for political ta- favors. That's what they called Muammar Gaddafi. I know. A strong, a strong man. man. Yeah, yeah. And if Trump wins le- re-election in November, <laughs> Democrats won't have any means left to restrain him, having already exhausted their most powerful check on presidential power. Mm. Only the slow-moving judicial system will stand in his way now. Uh, the Constitution will be changed, they say. Trump's defense could set a precedent of that abuse of power isn't enough to impeach a president. It never has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It never has been. They accused George Washington of abuse of power. They accused Adams and Jefferson and John Quincy Adams. And Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln. And most of the presidents, Wilson, mm-hmm. which I would agree with, but they never could impeach why? Because it sets up a parliamentary system. You can't have somebody, unless he breaks a law, mm-hmm. you can't have abuse of power. Because that just sets up, if you have a Congress uh, and a Senate that is on the other side, they just vote for uh, you know uh, impeachment, and he's out. It sets up going through presidents like Britain goes through prime ministers. Yeah. And our founders did not want that. So you have to have a crime. And it has to be a political crime. Now, 
you can disagree with the political side of it because that's our argument with perjury. It wasn't a political crime. And we said lying to the American people matters. But they didn't think so then. Mm -hmm. But that was an actual crime. There's no crime here. What they're saying is we don't like this president. We don't agree with what he did. Well, that's tough. You have to let the people decide that. Welcome to the uh, program. So, Stu, are you leaving tomorrow or Friday for the Super Bowl? I'll be here for radio tomorrow and then yeah. uh, heading out to the big the big game, Glenn. Are you taking your son this time? Uh, I am not. Uh, I told him uh, I'm only taking him to Eagles Super Bowls. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that way he has to constantly root for the Eagles. Yeah, okay. And unfortunately for him, it's going to be probably another 50 years until he sees one. But uh, <laughs> see there, kid. But that one yeah. is a good <laughs> one to remember, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was. Uh, so... Uh, so you miss out because you've done this ever since I've known you. Mm-hmm. Um, you you miss out on all of the commercials and and everything else. Yeah, they play a couple of them inside the stadium. Yeah. Uh, they've each been year. they've been really bad in the last <laughs> couple of years. It's like uh, I think it was last year or the year before. There's like nothing really to talk about. It they was, kind of just gave up. Because that used to be a topic no, on I, the Monday after. I think they every were afraid. Year. Yeah, I think yeah. they were almost afraid. Where it was like nothing is good, and now. They've canceled the Mr. Peanut ad because Mr. Peanut died. Right, right. And because of Kobe Bryant, they thought that would be too much to have Mr. Peanut die as well. It's Mr. Peanut. (laughs) You're listening to Glenn Beck.